Hello and welcome to another episode of the Roach Coach Podcast, the journey to create the new metal canon. My name is Lauren Kozlowski. With me, as always, is the Indigo Angel, Jennifer Sosha. Hello. And the original Roach Rider, Mr. Matt Nas. Keep it rolling, baby. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back with you. Back for another week talking about new metal. You know, we're getting off of our uh, our three weeks of gifts because, you know, it is the Christmas season. As this episode drops, just two days, Christmas is in just two days, so we hope you enjoyed our early gifts. But the gifts keep on coming, because here we are back, we're talking about that new, and we're talking about our boys, System of a Down, and their album, Mesmerize. Mesmerize. We're going to get all into this record, we're talking all about it. But before we do... Guys, we got to talk about who's tweeting. Who's tweeting? Who is? So we got a tweet from Birkin. He said, hey, found about you guys when I was searching for Ultra Spank on Spotify. BTW, that is a good album. I can't believe none of you liked it. Anyways, an album that I haven't seen on the list, Greed by Polkas. Hope you like it. Birkin, thank you for listening. Thank you for reminding me of Ultra Spank. Jenny, you and I were talking just before we started recording. We can't remember <laughs> the Ultra Spank episode. No, you looked up when we did it, and that was in 2017. Is that right? 20s? Yes, 2017. I'm looking it up again because I've already forgotten. We just talked about it. It was the it was the first episode that we did at the beginning of 2018. So we recorded it at the end of 2017, and. I, I don't remember Ultra Spank. Clearly didn't make it in the canon. But it happens. It happens. But thank you for digging into the dis, uh, into our library, into our our long... I was going to say discography. It's not a discography unless we start putting these things on discs. And that's, that's a lot of discs. <laughs> discs won't... They're all double discs. Oh, okay. All so. double discs. Can you imagine Time Life Books presents <laughs> Roach Coach? Oh, man. I would have so many feelings of like, I should have done a better job. <laughs> Why is this happening? <laughs> uh, well, well, um, Polka's uh, definitely not ringing a bell. Are you ringing a bell with you guys? No. No. Well, All the right. The idea of 234 episodes on, on disc delivered to your door from Timeline <laughs> just... Just pay what you want, and every month a new disc will come. <laughs> but it's only going to be half an app because every be app is two hours long. Lord, oh man! You never what are you listening know. to? I'm listening. I'm listening to the first half of the full scale episode. <laughs> I think final. I get the second half next half. <laughs> I gotta <laughs> flip it seven times. <laughs> it's six albums per month. Per half episode. Oh, man. All right. Well, future merch idea, clearly. Clearly, the audience is out there. We have invented it just by talking about it right now. Thank you. Thank you for the rack. Uh, Polkas by Greed. You know what? I I would say we'll dig in. They didn't give us a song to check out. So we'll we'll just have to take your word for it. We've also got to talk about who's emailing. Who's emailing? Who is? I'll tell you. Jory Moore sent us an email with the subject, check out Livid. You must check out this band from Cincinnati, Ohio. 
They've been around since 99 and have always had a very new sound. Here's a link to a song I think you'll enjoy called Ketamine. Hope you enjoy. Sincerely yours, fellow Roach Rider, Jory Moore. All right. Here is uh, that song Ketamine by Livid, capital L, capital D, capital D. It's a video. They're in the dressing room about to go on. We've got chest pounding. We've got air drumming. boys i'm gonna say it i am livid i have not heard of these guys sooner i was really into that jenny what'd you think of livid it sounds great to me gotta listen to more we definitely gotta listen to more well thank you that hot stuff coming out of cincinnati jenny did you just blow up all this fun (laughs) yeah (laughs) sorry i couldn't read it (laughs) it's okay (laughs) i forgot that we were sharing it literally all this yeah (laughs) i took the note that lauren and i read off of and i thought just for me for my little eyes i was putting it all in bold title busted (laughs) we'll just say all right that's that's fine that's fine this is uh this is like the time that i wanted to read a dean Koontz book in the library and all they had was the large print and i was like that'll be fine and then i felt like a psycho reading it all right yeah (laughs) oh you don't mind if i read this dean Koontz book you could read from where you sit do you (laughs) well you could probably read who's tweeting from space right now so this is a big ass font uh ryan rizzo (laughs) sent us an email subject new 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 metal said what up guys i don't know how keen you are about skipping bullshit albums and bands discographies (laughs) But Drowning Pool's newest newest album, Hallelujah, from 2016, is the tits. It's the third singer they have had since Dave passed away and is the best album since Sinner. Now, it's not Sinner, and nothing comes close to bodies, but it's the duck's guts nonetheless. Listen to the first track, Push. It's a hot open for sure. Thanks for the show. I look forward to it every Thursday morning while I weld car exhaust in a hot-as-fuck factory. All the way from Australia, keep it rolling, baby. Keep it rolling, baby. Thank you, Ryan. Keep cool as you weld. 
glad to be part of your soundtrack. I mean, I don't know. I'll be honest with you. We have shown that we are not keen on skipping bullshit albums and bands discographies. We tend to say that we gotta get, we we gotta dig into the bullshit before we can get to the king shit. I guess. I mean, certainly good. I mean, Matt, could we hear this first track, which I believe is called "Push," from Hallelujah? Yes. Here's "Push" from Drowning Pool. <laughs> Jenny, are you also shouting hallelujah? Sure. (laughs) I have to hear more. I've been burned by Drowning Pool before. But there was definitely some some promise in there. Well, I can tell you this, Jenny. There is not a bikini-clad babe on the cover of this album. Okay. We're looking straight at a skull. With, All right. with big old horns. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll definitely give it a chance. All right. Great stuff. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you very much. Now, we also got an email from Mike Smith with the subject recommendation. Mike says, heard you all in the POD cast, and I'm currently going through the back catalog. I'm not sure if it's been covered on this show, but Ultramania by C.O. Taiji kicks ass, and more people should hear it. The local rock station in Orlando played the song Tank late at night, and if I wasn't at my friend's house drinking beer in his garage, I never would have heard it. When it started, I thought it was a new corn song and was blown away when I found out the guy used to be a big K-pop star in the 90s. Keep on rolling, Mike. All right, so I found it. Ooh. Here's Tank by C.O. Taiji. Sounds like Tank, guys. Real Tank action. Yeah. I'm 
Wow. Late at night, I'm just thinking about somebody going on a night drive with a 20-piece, and then that comes on, and they're like, oh, boy. I got to rethink fucking everything. (laughs) Probably toss their sauce accidentally. Oh, boy. It's a delicate balance. It's a delicate balance when you're dipping and driving, I will say. You know, we have talked about an exclusive month of non-U.S. new metal. Maybe this kind of fits in there. I think this definitely fits. I think we've got we've got quite a bit to choose from. We could do we could do two months. Fine, let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> All right, you're right. You're right. I'm getting out. Of, I'm getting out of hand. But thank you for that recommendation. That was very interesting. Uh, it really is one of those things where you just got to think about the fact that corn were up in the old Indigo Ranch, high off crystal meth and everything else they were doing at the time little did they know that all those sounds that they would make change everyone the in the it would change the world everyone in the world was like we gotta sound like this japan we gotta sound like this italy we gotta sound like this it's, it's, and it's, you know it's, it's the really, first thing that they need to do what's that head down to your local guitar store mm-hmm. yeah hand them your guitar and say hey can you count how many strings there are um i mean if i were the guitar guy i'd be like um i'm counting on this guitar six strings yeah i need one that has one more string i'm I'm sorry you need you need so i'm gonna have to get i have to get my manager i'm sorry Uh, yeah you get that manager 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 yeah Mm -hmm. this gentleman is asking for me to put seven strings on his guitar Sounds like that man wants to emulate Corn's signature sound. <laughs> All right. Well, Fancy. I just. Well, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I'm really. <laughs> this bit is. It's it's our best bit. It's a perennial. Gonna... It just. It's, it's 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 as good. It's as good as a Charles Mansion. It's as good as a as a Mortis. Oh. Wow. And going all the way wow. back. Yes. Ah, uh, well, thank you so much. Um, yeah, that that is great. Um, gosh, this font is huge, Jenny. You know what? <laughs> I couldn't. It's see. fine. I just—it's really hitting me. I couldn't uh, see. <laughs> it's fair. All right, and um, uh, finally, we did an episode all about Nonpoint and their album Recoil. Uh, we got a few comments on it, Jenny. First, we got a comment from our friend Scott Bowling. We sure did. Scott says this is by far my favorite non-point album. Great episode. Thanks, Scott. Thank you, Scott. And big shouts to Scott Bowling. If you've been following Good Company with Bowling on YouTube, on his podcast, you know that Scott's been getting some names. He's been getting some names for a couple years now. Head from Corn, Mikey from Islander, the non-point guys. Well, I mean, I guess it was a month ago now, but it finally went up. He posted a pic. There's Scott. He's sitting in this beautiful home. It's like, where's Scott at? Whose house is that? It's CMFT's house. Wow. Scott, not just interviewing Corey Taylor, invited to Casa Taylor. Incredible. A dream. And he got a like an, it got like an hour with them where they're just rapping, just hanging out 
I just want to applaud Scott for his continued hard work and also congratulations on continuing to live the dream. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. So if you haven't heard that interview or watched that interview, over on the Good Company with Bowling website. So, and uh, Scott, of course, thank you for the kind comments. Jax Lawson said, but Draymond Energy equals the other BDE. Wow. <laughs> You can definitely tell the difference between the two, I'll say. <laughs> the butt dreaming energy. <laughs> I don't think there would be any mistaking which kind of BDE you meant when you're talking about somebody. <laughs> like if the jeans are, I was going to say embezzled. What am I thinking? Bedazzled. Bedazzled? Yes. The uh, jeans, if, if, the jeans are, if the jeans are embezzled, that's one kind of BDE. Is that, is that, a, fle- <laughs> is that a rhinestone fleur-de-lis on his bottom? If they're bedazzled, that's the other kind of BD. <laughs> so is that I feel an like Iron Cross. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. All right, and finally, Brianna Wolf says, "Who will Roach Coach find first, Maggie Michelle or the other Byler brother?" Tough to say. Well, first, I've got to convince Matt and Jenny. That there is another Byler brother. Sure there is. They, listen. <laughs> I just lost my mic. So yeah, we're listening. Are you okay? <laughs> you all right over there? I'm all right over here. You're acting sounds like, like Robert fumbling. Durst. <laughs> yeah, sounds like somebody's fumbling for the truth. Yeah, I'm just going to start burping a little bit every time you talk about it. I'm, listen, there are two Byler brothers one of them is busy producing these records. The other one, he's got to take care of the behind-the-scenes work, okay? People forget about that, all right? Everyone's talking about the guy up on stage, the guy doing that. There's another Byler, bro, doing the hard behind-the-scenes work. It's mm-hmm. unsung. Unsung. That's all I'm going to say about that. Mag okay. and Michelle, please write into the show, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. And and that is it for who's tweeting. Thank you so much, everybody who wrote in, said hello. Keep on saying hello online, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And now it is time for the album of the week, Mesmerized by System of a Down. Jenny, when did this album come out? This album was released on May 17th, 2005. Ooh, that's a come down. Indeed, a come down record, Jenny. We have a very a, a very storied past with System of a Down, but give me a, a quick recap of your System of a Down history and then history with, with this record. Uh, my System of a Down history is pretty much that I liked the hits. I've liked all the albums that we have done so far. I once said that I wouldn't want to have coffee with Surge. I think I take that back. I've learned and grown over the years. This specific album... I had listened to before we recorded, but I do remember it coming out very clearly because it was when I was working at good old record time in Roseville, Michigan. And uh, I remember it coming out. I remember people buying it. I remember thinking, you're still doing this, huh? But (laughs) as we'll see as we listen on, it's one of the maybe... I don't know, billion times that I was wrong about something. So I had a shitty attitude about it when it came out, and that was on me. 
And that's my history with this with this album. Lauren, how about you? So this record came out when I was uh, smack dab in the middle of broadcasting school. So I was working all day, school all night, partying on the weekends, and I was trying to stay on top of music as much as I could. But somehow, this record initially slipped past my radar. A guy I was going to school with, his name was Mike Shooky. I think that's what his name was. And he was like, you heard that new system? I was like, I beg your pardon? New system? When? He's like, it's been out. 89X is playing it. I said, I'm like, am I out of touch? What is going on? And I was like 23 at the time. So I was just like, I can't believe this is happening to me. I'm already out of touch. Here I am, 23. I'm useless. So I turned on 89X and they were just, they were running this thing on rotation. So I heard BYOB and I was like, oh shit, the boys are back. And picked this record up, day of release, good old Best Buy, because I had my ritual. This was back when CDs came out on Tuesdays, which in my opinion is when they should come out. This Friday stuff is for the birds. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, I picked it up and then gave it some spins and uh you know, we'll get into my my thoughts on it, but uh, yeah, I did have this uh, did have this one day of release. Matt, long time listeners know that I am a System of a Down fan. Had this one on CD, listened to it all the time because I was driving from Shelby Township, Michigan, to Ann Arbor, Michigan, to Improv uh, Inferno in in Ann Arbor. So this was a uh, album that saw me through a lot of miles. Matt, you must have been burning that stage up if you're listening to this record. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, it was this. It was this. Let's see, 2005. Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, I was loving this record. I just imagine you coming out on stage, being like, "Anyone got some motherfucking suggestions?" <laughs> you never know. Fucking go! Oh then, man! And then I would get off stage and put on Illinois. Come on, feel the Illinois by <laughs> Sufjan Stevens. <laughs> Matt, you contain multitudes. Also, you got to bring yourself down. You got to bring you, yourself down. You gotta. You gotta. It would be art, brute, bang, bang, rock and roll. Yes. <laughs> to a little bit of that Kaiser Chiefs action. Oh my gosh, Matt! Yes, this is 2005. This is all 2005, and then all 2005, and then yes. good friends and System of a Down. Mm. Probably, yeah, probably some of my favorites here. Yeah, I was. You know what? You're reminding me. Yeah, I that that 2005 run. I was buying way more CDs than I should have, and I I picked up a couple that I was like, I heard a single on the radio, and I was like, yeah, sure, yeah, I'll buy the whole album. And yeah, I got I got a couple that are just flashing in my head of like big regrets. Louis the Fourteenth, mm. big regret, big regret. Well, I did yeah. buy the Wolf Parade record in two thousand five. Apologies to the Queen. An One of my favorites. I fucking an all timer. Amazing. Amazing. Common B. Ah oh, yes. Alarm block. Ah! LCD sound system. There's a there was a lot going on in 2005. There was Good Jenny. Year. What were you listening to? I was listening to mm, late registration, classic. 
It, I mean, you know, yes, Jerry. everybody yeah. was listening to that, I feel, and in some capacity. I'm trying to like I'm trying to think of what I can remember listening to when this album came out without looking it up. And I wanna say this was around the time that the Necrophagist album Epitaph came out, and I listened to that all the time. I remember uh, the Not a Surf records. Wait is a, the Wait is a Gift came out. I really liked yep. that record a lot. It's kind of hard to remember because a lot of this, a lot of this blends together for me. But I was into technical death metal, like very heavy sludgy stoner metal, and then shit like Not a Surf mostly at that time. Yep, Harvest Ritual Volume One, two thousand five, from Necrophages. Hmm. Oh no, sorry. That's necrophagia, which is different. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, there's there's way too much. Yeah. Let's see. When did this album come out? I know that you're all dying to know when this well, record came out. It came out uh yeah, August third, two thousand four. So by the time I got to it, it was probably two thousand five. They played these are some, I think they're German. They're definitely not from here, but they played this place downriver. I forget what it was called. The Something Exchange, maybe the Modern Exchange. It was like a thrift store in the front and a venue in the back. And they played there and I thought it was the weirdest thing in the world. But I went to shows there all the time. And it was great. It's a true joy. Oh, man. You're reminding me of you. All the, all the little shows I went to that that year i remember going to see brendan benson at the blind pig he played at like 11 30 at night and we were so tired when he came out we were like how fucking dare you go on this late why are you doing this and it was a it was a work night it was a week night it was absurd he was great but it was he went on way too late that's my i was 25 i was 23 at the time and i was like this is absurd Uh, All right. Well, that's our trip down memory lane of CDs that we bought in 2005. Hope you enjoyed that part. Uh, Jenny, who's in system of a down on Mesmerize? On Mesmerize, we've got Surge, of course, on vocals, keyboards, acoustic guitar, on Question. It says uncredited there, but I just credited him. Got Darren Malakian on vocals, guitars, and bass. Also says uncredited, but you know what? We just gave him some credit. Update that, <laughs> Wiki. Shavo on bass and John Dolmayan on drums and percussion. Credited. Both there of those you go. guys. All right. Everybody's getting the credit tonight on the show. That is beautiful. Producer on this record, Jenny. Who do we got? We've got a, a hot combo here. <laughs> Darren Malakian and Rick Rubin. I think we know who was awake and who was asleep. I cannot imagine Darren going to sleep ever. He strikes me as somebody who's perpetually wired. Uh, And really, Rick Rubin's doing enough sleeping for everybody. So that might just be how it works. Jenny, I was very pumped when I saw that there was just one genre tag. That's it. Just new metal. So don't even fucking try it. Don't try to say it's not new metal because there's only one genre tag. And it's got... Make it hotter. And it's got two citations. They were like, it's new metal. Double-cited. Thank you, Wikipedia, for everything you do. 
so this record, widespread acclaim when it came out, has an 85 on Metacritic, debuted at number one in at least, according to Wikipedia, at least 12 countries. That means that they didn't want to do that much research, but they're pretty sure that it did at least 12 countries. 453,000 copies, certified platinum. It was one of Amazon.com's top 100 editors' picks of 2005. They don't just throw that on anybody, all right? No, no. No, no, no. And this motherfucker was a Grammy winner. Holy shit. That's right. BYOB won a Grammy for Best Hard Rock Performance. As we go through, we will we'll get down and, and see who they beat, whose asses they whooped. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, looking at these reviews here, 8 out of 10 from Drowned in Sound, Entertainment Weekly, A-, All Music, 4.5, Blabbermouth, 4 out of 5, People Magazine, 3 out of 4. When People Magazine is like, the fucking boys did it. And listen, I don't know how familiar you guys are with People Magazine now. Like, I always thought of People Magazine as like, Cher's back and she's got a new boyfriend. Or Tony Bennett reflects on his Vegas years. That's what I thought People Magazine was. According to my Facebook news alerts, all People Magazine is for now is families murdering each other. It's a bloodbath over really? on the fa- on the People Magazine Facebook page. Every day, it's family killed and murder-suicide. And it's a different family! I don't know. I just imagine somebody growing up Seeing People Magazine in the tabloids as they go up to check out at Meyer, their grocery store, and saying, I want to grow up and interview George Clooney for People Magazine. That would be my dream. And then you show up day one in the People Magazine newsroom, and they're like, all right, new fish. Got some news for you. <laughs> Got some news for you. We're all about family murder now. Listen, uh... We're getting word that uh, there's some hotel room with a lot of flies and something dripping out of it. I need you to go find out what that drip is. <laughs> boy, oh boy. It's, I am not kidding. It is heroin. It is truly fucked up shit going on in People Magazine. Wow. Anyway, they thought this record was great. Uh, Pop Matters, 9 out of 10. Rolling Stone, 3.5 out of 4. Uncut, 4 out of 5. And Pitchfork Magazine, 7.1 out of 10. High praise uh- from Pitchfork. A very pitchfork score. Some interesting notes, and then we will dive into this record. And this was the thing I, I said to you, Jenny. I was texting you last night. I learned something I did not know from this Wikipedia. And Matt, I don't know if you knew this either. The album features Darren sharing most of the vocal work with Serge. This is because at time of recording, and this has been confirmed by both Darren and Serge in separate interviews. Serge was almost out of the band. According to Serge, this was because of differences in creative input and financial revenue split. This is the big pain point for the band still. It is, but I had I figured it was just something of a of a situation when I remember hearing this record and thinking, wow, there's a lot of Darren on it. I thought it was just like, oh, well, you know. Guy wants to get in front of the mic a little bit more. But it seems like this could have been, there could have been an alternate reality where, where Serge was like, I'm out. And this would have been an all Darren situation, which is wild to consider. I think, well, with with Darren taking on producer credit, 
That means he's writer, producer, and performer. So he gets more points. So he gets more money than anybody else in the band. There it is. So the music business uh, turns friends into enemies. Mm. That's A. There's a quote from Julian Casablancas. He said that one of the best ways to not be friends anymore is to start a band with your friends. <laughs> Honestly, doing anything with your friends for a long time. Like this podcast. I'm just joking. <laughs> I was thinking there specific- it comes. <laughs> No. I mean, you know, this is ending, right? Because I've I'm got something to say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're fighting over the money for sure. <laughs> no, oh. I was thinking more of like improv troops and things like that. And and I can't even imagine it on a level where there is money involved and like the level of time that you spend together. Because even with the no money and like maybe once or twice a week together, there does come a time when you are just like I gotta get the fuck out of here. My God, if this person plays an alien one more time. <laughs> Why does and everybody I kn- have a gun and a oh, 12 Oh, yeah. Oh, it's like, oh, look, great. You're a chupacabra again. And look, I was that person for others. I'm well aware of that. I'm just saying, you know I what? feel that. I feel that. I won't, I won't name any names, but I was in a group once. And I was like, this is the, I'm having the time of my life. This group, we are just having the best time. And someone straight up texted me once and was like, is this, is blank? Are they actually bad? <laughs> and I was like, okay, things are, we need to take a break because we're now like starting to like get on each other because no, that person was fine. But they were like, maybe, maybe this person is bad or maybe I just hate everybody. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Wow, okay. Well, I can only imagine when you combine sick riffs and heavily politicized lyrics on top of that type yeah. of situation. If you're not even making dick jokes. Well, I mean, there's I a dick know. joke on this record. I was going to say. Dick joke say. on this record. I yeah. stand... Ugh, it is basically my legacy to stand corrected. I feel... <laughs> add that to my epitaph, please. I stand corrected. <laughs> Uh, would you gentlemen like to listen to this album? Yeah, yes. let's do it. Let's All do right, it. great. So uh, the first song we have is an intro, uh, Soldier Side, and that goes right into the first full song, BYOB, Bring Your Own Bombs. soldier side where there's no one here but me people all right i can't play the whole thing but you know what's up Forward hypocritic and hypnotic computer 
going. I'm going to play the whole thing. So <laughs> you, you are, Matt. It's very tempting to do so. This is... Oh. I wrote in my notes. Here we go. Matt, let's start with you. Thoughts on BYOB? Top three, maybe? Is this some of the down songs? Woo! Matt's... Matt, you are going right to top three. Yeah. That's this the boldness song, I love. Some fucking rips. The the breakdown at the end with the where the fuck are you? Oh, oh every, I love this song. Soup to nuts, baby. <laughs> Soup to nuts. That's when you know Matt's all in. Top three. Jenny, let's just go to you. Thoughts on BYOB? I like it quite a bit. My first, I don't even think I ever heard this on the radio. Like this song was completely new to me. Which is which seems weird given how successful it was. It won a Grammy. Like I just I don't know how I missed it or Line if spot. I just I also was drinking a lot in two thousand five. I'll be honest with you, and hey. I forget things constantly. It could have been washed away by like Bacardi Limon and Diet Coke. <laughs> we don't know, but I really liked it a lot. I yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I liked the kind of fun pop chorus. It goes all over the place. I enjoyed it very very much. Lauren, what did you think? This thing, like like I said, my buddy Mike was like, you got to hear this new system. I heard this thing. I said, my God, these guys, they are back with a vengeance. Because for one, this thing, this is, this is a very bitter song. <laughs> the venom and intensity on this thing, quite incredible. I was really blown away by it and, and coming back and i hadn't listened to this song in a long time and it really i was just taken right back i was like man these guys these guys has it been talked about that system of a down are good because they are good some might say great and uh so i was yeah really blown away the production crisp crisp as always you know you got rick rubin in there it's gonna have that christmas of sound it's, it's just incredible then i watched the music video and I'm going to say it. Matt, you're saying this is a top three system song. I think this might be top three, top two system of a down music videos. This thing, you've got a clear concept of the band performing in the street, soldiers walking by them, intercut with the band performing in a club with everybody dancing to the poppy parts, all converging with the stormtroopers barging in to the uh, the club, overtaking everyone, and then converting all of them into stormtroopers. Intense, clear visuals. I love it a lot. Also, secret best part of the video is uh, Surge dancing at the poppy parts. He is eager. And also, luscious hair on Surge and Darren. True. Uh, Surge is permed out. Darren is... Just the finest products and oils going into this hair. Just incredible hair work from our boys. Uh, great suits. Everybody looks incredible. I, 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 here's the one downside is that the video that they have on the official system of a down vivo is only in 480p. I need a 1080p remaster stat. All right. Get it up. Okay. Listen, I'm just going to say it. Anytime I find a band, especially a system of a down stature, and the quality of the video is not as good as that of Serial Joe. <laughs> I've got to ask some Joe's questions. Mom took 
care of business. Well, where's Darren's mom? Where's Serge's mom? If something bad has happened to them, don't tell me. But I'm just saying for the for the purpose yes, of this that joke. Was request done with no research. <laughs> All right. I don't know where they are, but I'm just saying for the purpose of this joke, come on. Uh, so yeah, I, um, I know a lot of people are going to be wondering about songmeanings.com and I want to just tell you that this song has 474 comments on it. Not a single one is funny. They're all. (laughs) No, it's all very serious, very tense, very intense. Yeah. So if you want to, here's the thing. If you want to learn or unlearn that might be a good place to go but if you're looking for a jolly good time it's never a good place to go no one's uh, saying my girlfriend broke up with me like we don't get any of that <laughs> no but there's a lot of information there and nothing has changed i also want to say that these are all from 2005 this reads like a fucking facebook thread <laughs> I was just skimming through and I saw, see, it's funny that you guys don't talk about how Clinton bombed the shit out of Iraq in 98. It's just like every, anytime somebody's name gets mentioned, it's like, well, you know, it's funny you didn't bring up this. Ugh. It's just nothing ever changes. Yeah, it's it's the wrong kind of funny. It's, it's People are saying, I think it's funny. And it's like, this guy doesn't think, this guy's not laughing. There's no joy here in this. He's not laughing. Uh, so... You know what? It's it's good to know. The more things change, the more they stay the same. When it True. comes to song meaning, comment threads for System of a Down. Oh, so I did say that this band, Grammy winners, won the Grammy 2006 Hard Rock Performance. Who did they toast? The nominees were Audio Slave for the song "Doesn't Remind Me." Do not know this song. Nine Inch Nails, "The Hand That Feeds," good song. Good song. Robert Plant, "Tin Pan Valley." In a normal Grammy year, yeah, that would have won in in a regular Grammy year, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Queens of the Stone Age, Little Sister. I think the right song won. I think the right song won. You won't get an argument from me. Oh my God, I'm sorry. This has nothing to do. Net the the. Oh wait, hold on. Is that okay? Well, you know what? We'll talk about that one next week. (laughs) Okay. Oh, a little bit of a peek behind the curtain. Peek behind the curtain. Sweet peek. All right. All right. Up next, we've got Revenge. Oh, 
that this deep into System of Down's career, they might be slowing down. You are fucking wrong. This song, galloping into rock and roll battle. Incredible stuff. This is great. Not just good, this is great. These guys, I'm going to say it again. These guys are pretty good. Matt. <laughs> Matt, thoughts on Revenge? I mean, after such a bold statement, it's, it's you know, these guys are, pr- they're pretty good. This is, this is a kooky system of a down song. Great riff. Love the, um, love the harmonies in the chorus. It's not one of my favorites. It's kind of a, oh yeah, okay. It's a weird, it's a, it's not weird, but it's, it's, it's a kooky one. It doesn't grab me. I guess it's, it's shine has come off over the years. Interesting. Interesting. Jenny, thoughts on Revenge? I liked it a lot. I was listening it to it today after I was watching CNN earlier because sometimes I just like to torture myself by doing that. And I was hearing like that there's like more confirmation that that like Alexei Navalny, Na- I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but he's like the, the Russian opposition leader who's probably poisoned by, you know, Putin. Uh, and I was just like, this song fits. It fits everything's the same everything stays the same so it all came together in a moment of serendipity i liked it a lot i felt like coming off of byob it it did sort of continue that like line of silliness and like cutting and seriousness as well so i appreciated that i was into it yeah i uh I went and looked into, I mean, I knew it was just going to be a rough go, but I did check into songmeanings.com to see if they had any insight or thoughts on it. And the interpretations were all grim AF. Uh, Some people thought it was about abortion. Uh, Some people thought it was about someone who didn't have an abortion and was telling someone that they wish they'd had them aborted. That's grim. And then some other people's thought, some other people thought it was about murder suicide. And then I was like, am I on songmeanings.com or am I just in the newsroom of People magazine? Could be either one. All I know is that people thought the song was grim as hell. I uh I thought it was uh you know what? I was just going to choose to think it's a fun time at Rock and Roll City. That's where I'm gonna stand on it. All right. Fun time in Rock and Roll City. You know what? Everyone over there, and they're like, I think this song is about... I'm like, I'm sorry. When I bought my ticket to Rock and Roll City, I wasn't looking to have a bad time. I was looking to have a rock and roll time. It says it right on my ticket. Well, sometimes you just get the time you get, you know? (sighs) It's very true, but I'm, I'm going to just continue to try to have a really good rock and roll time. Thank you very much. Okay, well, let's see if that is sustainable in this record. (laughs) Up next, we've got Cigaro.
ready for this record i don't think i was and i mean i gotta tell you this just feels like for this band to be this tight and this intense this record i gotta say more than any record of theirs that we've done so far this feels like the flex record this feels like the what can't we do we can do it all we're the best this is, I mean, I'd say this record is so good. It explains why. I mean, obviously they did one more after this one, but released at the same, you know, around the same time. But it's like they haven't put out a record since, but the legacy has not wavered. And it's because of shit like this. Because they're just, they're, what did I write in my notes? They're fucking machines. It's nuts. That's that's that's, that's that's all I could muster with this one. Oh, I also wrote "We are ripping." <laughs> so, Jenny, you did mention that there is a there's a big old dick joke in this song. Yeah, there is. I think I think we all heard it. Uh, <laughs> so I was wrong in saying that there there weren't jokes in this record, but uh, I liked this song. <laughs> you know, I look. I stand corrected. I liked this one a lot. I agree that we are ripping. And I also agree that this band is super duper tight and they sound great. I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. I went to songmeetings.com. God, you'd think (laughs) there'd be a joke in there. Oh, I'm sorry, Matt. What do you think of this song? I hopped ahead. No, hop, hop, hop. I love it. I think it's great. You can hop right into it. There's there's nothing to hop into, but despair, I hate to tell you, but these (laughs) comments are just... I mean, it's not even sad. It's just not what not what we've come to expect from the the good citizens of songmeanings.com. Yeah, it's just I mean, just a lot of uh a lot of government talk, a lot about corporations taking over. None of it is incorrect, but 186 comments worth of it is just too much. There was one comment from commenter 10011101111 who said, Just saw SOAD yesterday at the last show of the Big Day Out here in Perth, and they were fucking awesome. The meaning of the song is pretty easy to see when you look at the t-shirts they were selling, which had the words, Mine bigger than yours, over a picture of a howitzer artillery gun, like the ones the U.S. Army has. What I interpret this to be saying is that the U.S. government is basically in a dick measuring contest with the other countries of the world and is asserting its superiority through intimidation with the threat, and in the case of Iraq, fulfilling that threat of military action, invasion, occupation. The same thing is happening with North Korea. I also agree entirely with Rena Grenade's comments. Rene Grenade's. Oh, Rene Grenade. That's a good name. Rene Grenade. Good job. Um, and Rene Grenade, I, I found uh, their comment and uh, yeah, basically just echoing that, uh, but also saying um, basically that America thinks everyone loves it, yet two thirds of the world hate them. And yes. <laughs> so, I mean, I can imagine that it must have gone up by yeah. now. Yeah, it might be a little that that yeah, might have to redo that fraction. Um I got to say also reading that comment about the merch tent, Big Day Out Fest, and I was just like 
we've been saying it all year. Get that vaccine going. As we record this, people are finally getting the vaccine. So that is good because I need to walk past a merch tent. Okay? I miss the I miss the merch tent walk. Okay? I miss what I miss so many times. You and me, Jenny, I'll be like, we got let's go check on the merch. And I'll walk by and I'll go, Ooh, that's a good shirt. And you'd be like, You get you really? You're going to wear that shirt? And I was like, ah. And you know, and now I read that and I'm regretting every shirt I never bought at a merch <laughs> tent. Every single one. The one that came to mind is uh, one that I remember you, Jenny, really rolling your eyes at was the <laughs> Death From Above shirt when we saw them with Deftones uh-huh. that said Virgins with the banana on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I wish I'd bought it. Hey, look, I'm it. sorry. I stand by my... <laughs> Are you really going to wear that? <laughs> I got to be seen with you, Lauren. <laughs> I know. I dress perfectly. You do. All the time. You do. Just kiss. Uh, you do. Look, I'm sorry. I hope you're able to get your hands on that shirt someday. One day. One day. Don't, I just, I, don't I just let wanna... me dissuade you from doing something you want to do. <laughs> I just want to. I just want to get back to those merch tents. I want to, you know what? I I still think about one of my last great merch purchases was when we went to see the Jenks in Third Eye Blind, and I got deep in the cups, and in the middle of the set, wandered over to the merch tent, and they had some shirt, and I was like, "God's a summer, absolutely." And I remember coming back to you and Mitch, and literally being like, "Look at the shirt I got! I was so fucking wasted at that show. Get that. Let's get these concerts back going. I need to get to a merch tent." All right. And people who are selling merch, you got a buyer here, bro. I am here. I've got $30 burning in my pocket for a t-shirt. See, that Let's is go. probably where my eye roll came from because if I recall correctly, when we saw DFA and Deftones, the t-shirts were like 40 bucks. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. And Lauren you're welcome for protecting you from spending $40 on that fucking shirt. I'll make you one. I'll draw you one. Okay. From memory for free. Thank you. Thank you. We have one at home. We have one at home. All right. Up next, we've got radio video. Fucking good that even a song as 
ridiculous as this one works. So I have to admit, this uh, the the combo of the two of them took a long time for me to get to get on the on the wavelength. I remember not really feeling it when the record came out. I remember thinking it was a weird like I I still feel like Surge is such a superior singer that it is a it is a doesn't do Darren any favors. But I'm I'm a little more on board now than I was then. Um, but it isn't. It still does feel of the of a two singer band situation. I feel like the 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 sound level of whatever the quality of vocal is a little uneven. I think Surge is a little too. If Surge was not as good, it might be okay. You know what I mean? Because I think of bands with like a two vocalist situation and how like it's equal. Like Blink One Eighty Two, that's equal. I'd say. You know, I get what you're saying because yeah. Darren's leading the charge in this song and Serge is singing backup and Serge outshines Darren so much mm-hmm. that when you when you hear him in a backing role, the spotlight tends to go towards him. Whereas like when when Serge is singing and Darren comes in, it's like I love that accompaniment that the way that they accompany each other. Yeah. It's uh yeah, and it's I I don't know like it is one of those things though though we you know we only have like one other record after this one so it doesn't really they haven't really had a chance to really like grow into that back and forth to really reflect on it in any greater way we just have basically these two records where they really were you know sort of offsetting the balance a bit so we don't really know I don't know it's that type of thing where you want to see like where could they go with it you know where is Darren as a singer now where is Serge as a singer now we don't really have that you know uh so because I mean it's I mean it's the same thing of like it's a three-singer band with Fleetwood Mac but you know you've you've got your your Lindsay songs you've got your Stevie songs but then you got your McVie songs oh my gosh then you got your McVie songs so you know with that one it's and and that's a situation where it's like who's the best singer is less important than what they're singing so you don't feel that like well you know like i don't want stevie to sing go your own way and i don't want Lindsay to sing landslide and i'm gonna be honest with you guys i don't want most people to sing landslide besides stevie that's just a there have I've had. definitely been some tough cubs of that <sighs> tough been cubs some, some tough some tough cubs Hey, Pisces Iscariot was in a lot of CD collections. Well, you know what, though? That's one. I- I'm-, I'm on the side of Billy on that one. I think Yikes. that's a good cover. Ooh. No. We no. are podcast divided at least somewhat about Ooh. that. Wait, Jenny, you're the you're the pumpkin's head. I l- yeah, but look, I like Smashing Pumpkins quite a bit. But I'm not I'm not loyal to anything. In the way that even if there's a, a grave misstep, such as Billy's take on Landslide, I don't need to stand by him. He's fine. He's very tall. He's very ghoulish. He'll be just fine. All right. Fair enough. Um, this song, interestingly enough, is uh, about basically the band becoming famous and Darren reflecting back on when he was a kid hanging out with his friends Danny and Lisa, real people, according to Wikipedia, and uh, and how now here he is on the radio, on the video. And really, this is the album where 
System of a Down is taking the time to reflect on the fact that they are now a giant band and they're huge. Toxicity sort of teases out like we're going to be a giant band, but this is the we're a giant band and we're reacting to it now. Uh, but this is, I mean, this is what you would call almost like a sweet song from System of a Down. You never thought you'd see it and then it's right in front of you. And then you get it. All right. Up next, we've got This Cocaine Makes Me Feel Like I'm On This Song. popular music oh yeah 2005 these guys nobody's doing what they're doing nobody nobody's doing this nobody's ripping like this i was thinking about this we've been doing this show for a little bit and we see corn clones all the time we see Limp Biscuit clones all the time. Deftones clones. People wishing they could be Chino. How many system clones are we seeing, though? Not many. Not many. Sometimes people will try to take like a touch or a taste, but generally, this is this one lane. They're in it. They can go away. That's the thing, is no one. There is nobody that's like, well, they're the new system. They're the new system. System, we don't need you anymore because we got these guys. No, they've never been replaced. No one's ever come in. They've left the throne empty and no one can sit down. Jenny, thoughts? Uh, As Phil Anselmo famously said, you ain't got the balls, son. (laughs) Nobody's trying to do this. Like... I don't I don't think this is like something that would be approachable to try to clone because it's it's so all over the place anyway. Uh I I don't know. I just don't see it happening. There and I think we've talked about this when we reviewed their other records, but there's an authenticity about them as musicians and maybe it's the Armenia thing. You know, obviously that that comes up 
with them personally often, but they they have an authenticity which allows them to do things that other bands could not get away with. This song is ridiculous on face value, but the way that they present it is, oh no, we're we're going for it, you know, like almost terrible parallel but like those iconic glam bands like that actually went for it that was like nope we're serious we're fucking so serious we're hyper serious this is who we are this is who system of the down is true 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 matt um i went and just you know i was just like okay this one seems pretty nuts it's got cocaine in the title Lyrics seem to be mostly, I don't know, paranoia-inducing. Shoot over to song meaning, 65 comments. The first comment is literally a line-by-line breakdown. We don't have time for that. Um, Just a lot of just wild stuff. But the one comment was from Miss Self-Destruct, who said... Fish is used in Lost in Hollywood. You were the biggest fish out there. Gonorrhea is also message me- mentioned in another SOAD song, too. As far as interpreting this song, usually I love a challenge, but I'm not even going to try with this one. I just love Serge's vocal range in the song, though, especially during the lines, I can't see your soul, soul through your eyes, the crying walls of sliding architecture, kidnapped by the likes of pure conjecture. I like that Miss Self-Destruct, by nature, apparently someone who lives on the edge, and they were like, this is a challenge I cannot take on <laughs> to, to, to define the meaning of the song. I'm Miss Self-Destruct, but even I'm like, I wouldn't dare risk it. It's good to know your limits and set boundaries. Hey, boundaries, boundaries. All right. Up next, we've got Violent Pornography. <laughs> System of a Down decided, you know what it's time for? It's time for Pogo Pit. This is practically a party pit song. And, uh, I mean, they mentioned disco in here, and it seems not to be a joke. It seems to be a true love of disco. I think, uh, yeah, I think you're right. Darren says, according to Wikipedia, I've always been a huge fan of disco music throughout my life. We have a song called Violent Pornography. And System of a Down, the lyrics are, it's a nonstop disco, bet you didn't know, bet you didn't know. That line means, I love disco, bet you didn't know. That has nothing to do with the rest of the song, by the way. 
<laughs> Throw us off the trail. Jeez. Yeah. This is uh this is another all Darren creation, music and lyrics by Darren. I was always kind of thrown by the uh like what he's going for with the 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 chorus of the it's violent pornography, choking chicks and sodomy, the kind of shit you get on your TV. And I remember thinking, isn't it I mean, even in 2005 wasn't butt sex pretty much on the low end of taboo at that point? 2005? I mean, now. I mean, it's all. I mean, oh, I walk dude, outside. I walk outside, weird. and it's just like, yep, nothing Bridgers but. Bridgers is tweeting about eating butt. Um, so yeah, she. this is true. She is. I definitely, for sure, remember there was like more of a stigma to it. Like, it would be considered pretty. Like eating butts, you'd be like, "You did what? <laughs> he did? Excuse me? Who ate what? Did happen there?" And now, <laughs> I remember when eating ass became mainstream. <laughs> I specifically remember because I had a long conversation going with a couple of our friends about just eating butt being brought up. <laughs> And we would text each other, like, did you see this? Like, yeah, people are talking about eating butt all the time now. So, for sure, I don't... I had a (laughs) long-standing bit about eating butt because I was, number one, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what you have to do sanitation-wise to make it happen. And then I said, I guess I'm just going to have a meal of rice before... I mean, uh, you're not like actively shitting into someone's mouth. That's a different thing. That one would still be tough. That's a toughie in 2020. I'll that's say. that's still yeah. That one's still taboo. That's still taboo. Um, but yeah, but like <laughs> yeah, if 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 it's all clean down there though, yeah, everybody's just yeah. You you start selling tushy bidets on all podcasts, and you know. It's inevitably gonna happen. Ding ding. Gonna... Guess we're open. That's right. Yep. <laughs> of all the uh, turns that we were gonna take, I, you know what? It was we're I was going I, down the I, dirt road. I the guess. dirt road. Um. Well, it's funny. I wrote in my notes like, <clears throat> is this song conservative? And I think it's more of just of the time. I really think it's just a situation of just finding the right word to rhyme more than anything because i don't even actually think it's about any of that because i think it's more about what's at you know the saying that what's on the tv is even more disgusting than those things and and and, let's be honest darren is not singing about eating ass (laughs) no not yet (laughs) not (laughs) you never know Oh, man. System, we're them new tracks. Yeah, they're all going to be about eating ass. (laughs) A new direction for Mm. the boys. Oh, yeah. Now Roach Coach is all about. Look out, Savage Love. Here we come. Yes, that's right. It's going to be like a a shocking format change to your favorite radio station. (laughs) True. We have been. We've been getting. We've been curious. Oh, we've been circling the butt. (laughs) Circle in the butt. Yeah, but it's just uh, a matter of time, truly. Yeah. I uh, I went into song meetings just to see what anybody had to say there, and there is zero butt eating talk. But Miss mm-hmm. Self Destruct is back, 
And she said, yeah, this one will definitely be recognized as one of the best on the album. I downloaded the album myself, but I'm going to buy it this Tuesday and get it signed by the band at Best Buy in Burbank, California. (laughs) I cannot select a favorite off this album, but this song's message is pretty much manifested throughout the entire thing. Wow. Once again. Don't tell people where you're going on the internet. Well, on top of that, though, Miss Self-Destruct, once again. With a name like that, you think this woman, she's she's on the edge. And yet, once again, when challenged, pick a favorite. She's like, I cannot. I cannot select a favorite. You can't make me. Once again, as you said, Jenny, finding those boundaries. That's true. That's true. All right. Up next, we've got the second single from this record, Question. phrase the title of this song question what did everybody think of it this felt like very very classic system of a down to me oh yeah it was very pretty uh i enjoyed it it wasn't i was a little bit surprised i guess in a way that this was the other single from this record but i suppose if we're going for one ripper and one more like a slower, more, I won't call it a slow boy, but like a slower, more like emotional track, then it makes sense in that way. Yeah, it fits with their MO too, because the first single off of Toxicity was Chop Suey, but the second single was Ariel's, right? Yeah, that sounds right. I think that's right. I think I'm right. Don't at me. And so it definitely fits with that, yeah. And and this video, they they are the band in the orchestra pit for some theater some very elaborate theater it looks like an interpretation of romeo and juliet maybe but there's horses and the actors are yelling the lyrics at each other and there is a lot of impressive camera work to make all four members of the band who are basically just sitting in an orchestra pit and playing the song seem rocking out and intense and it works very good video very good video. And uh, I wrote my notes, you know, that this is basically like a system power ballad. I dig it. And this is another one where 
they just feel like a complete package. This almost feels like if you were to go and meet somebody and they were like, what does a system of a down sound like in one song? What one song truly encapsulates everything they can do? I'd say question is your answer because they do it all. They're rocking. They smooth it out. You get it all in this tight package. So, yeah, I thought it was great. Wow. Now, Lauren, I want to tell you something about this video. Mm. This video was produced by Shavo, and the video, the way it looks, apparently came to him in a dream, but he didn't want to get preference over any other producers for the video. So he submitted his idea anonymously. And the video itself is supposed to have a fairy tale vibe, and it's supposed to uh, basically be like a, a story of like a tale of like a cycle of rebirth because the, there's like a little boy in the beginning, he kills a bird, the boy and the girl fall in love, they get older, the woman eats something, she dies. It did give me a Romeo and Juliet vibe too. They show like a newborn baby wrapped in red. The red is supposed to tie it together with the beginning of the video with the bird. It's a whole thing. I loved this video. I thought it was really, really good. It is. There are some shots in it where I was like, man, System of a Down. This is also another situation, though, where I'm like, System of a Down. They're like the biggest band in the world at the time. And unlimited resources. And they were like, yeah, we want to do a fairy tale video. We're just in the orchestra pit. And they were like, what system wants, system gets. Here you go. I did think that this was a really good example of a band who you can see they had, it seemed like unlimited resources to do whatever they wanted with this record. And I think that they used them very, very, very wisely. Like both of these videos were excellent. They were super well produced. They seemed very well thought out. There were only two. It just seemed like very everything about this record and like the way that it was put out and the videos just seemed like very, very well thought through. Nothing felt like a cash grab, like even though they were having like problems within the band, I felt like they kind of maintained their integrity, I guess. It sounds like a very traumatic way to put it, but. That was my feeling. What did you think, Lauren? Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. That, yeah, they are... This is the time in which, when you're this big, that you are surrounded by yes-men, surrounded by... I mean, we're going to get into it. We got some... We got we got back-to-back songs about Hollywood coming up. <laughs> and so you're clearly... <laughs> you're dealing with, you know, the temptation... Of all of those things. Holders you know. on. Sycophants. Oh, sycophants. You know what? There's a reason the word sick is in the name. Because those people will leave you ill. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> For everyone listening at home, when Lauren finished the word ill, he had a look on his face that says, yeah, I just did the damn thing. <laughs> I was like, I don't need to, you know what? I had more, but I don't need to add more because I think I said it all. Yeah. It is a testament to restraint in a genre not known for its restraint. Here's System of a Down saying, that's all you need. That's all you need. No need to overdo it. We haven't even gotten to the length of this record yet. So. <laughs> no, no, no. After the next song. 
Yeah. All right. Up next, we've got Sad Statute. <laughs> And when I was taking notes, I was just like, these guys, they are crushing. It's incredible. This, this band feels like a once in a lifetime situation, a lightning strike made flesh. I wrote my notes. I don't even know why I asked this question. This isn't a question. This is a statement. I wrote, are these guys legends? Let me take it back. Let me scratch out that R. These guys. Our legends. These guys legends. These guys legends. These guys legends. <laughs> These guys legends. <laughs> I agree. These guys legends. There's. <laughs> Can These I tell guys... you something? Wait a second. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. <laughs> These yeah. guys? Yeah. Legends. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was reading the, the song titles off of uh, Wikipedia, which is a size font that most people can see. And. I said a moment ago, said statute. Uh, that is not what the song is called. And now in the much larger font, the title of songbeings.com, I see that it is said statue. And I think we're all realizing together that I might need reading glasses. And that's a toughie. It's a toughie yeah. at the old three six over here to realize maybe I need some readers. Well, now you know what, Matt. I think it, I think we're learning why Jenny keeps talking about her epitaph so much, right? <laughs> I am fucking knocking on the grave. Can't even read normal Wikipedia size stuff anymore. Oh man, you know what? Well, Matt, you remember at the wedding, Jenny during the vows was like, "One day, Mitch, you're gonna bury me," and then she just kept moving forward. And we're like, "Why bring that up today?" And it's just, like, oh, she's just counting the day. Just got to remind, just got to remind everybody. Wow. Got to remind them, boy. Um, what this song is about, it seems to be fairly relevant about uh, a younger generation being taken down by the ignorance of the older generation. You could say this is still a timely lesson. I went to songmeanings.com just to see if anyone had any additional insight. This was... A mistake. Mm. The first comment is the biggest comment in recent memory that I have come across. 
incredible line by line breakdown by commenter Derwin. It just keeps, I mean, too much annotations, numbers, lists, links. It's bananas. But there was a good comment, much, much shorter underneath, from Final X Hour, who said, When I hear this song, I think about years from now, my brother's in high school, learning about what happened in 2000 to 2004 and beyond. He learns about the separation of the people, the tension between the three sides, right, wrong, and don't care. Pictures like a yearbook of all the people who fought for the cause, be it for the war or for no war. I imagine how he will look back on those early years of the 21st century. He's only six. What will have changed in the decade and some that it will take for him to become an adult? Will he become a soldier? Will he rally for peace? And his kids and mine and our grandchildren and their children, what will they think of us when they read about it? Will they call us heroes or cowards? Will they call us greedy? We'll never truly be free. That was written on May 19th, 2005. This comment chilled me to the bones. Mm. Well, wow, that's a lot to take in. I, listen, it's system. We've got to at least engage a little bit. I agree with that. Listen, we've got to offset all the butt talk. <laughs> yeah, that that's, is true. See, we do know now what our children will think of us. <laughs> cheek, like, cheek. Yeah, yeah. Like they definitely ate ass. <laughs> <laughs> heroes oh, <laughs> that's the full that's the full thought. uh jenny i believe our children were here this episode and they go these guys legends yeah <laughs> <laughs> these guys legend quick cue yes. yeah <laughs> how respectful of our time is this record uh this record comes in at a tight 3606 man 11 songs 3606 ripping start to finish it's so funny that uh i because i didn't make my comments on sad statues so i'm just doing it now baby. do it that they can have a riff that i've heard 17 times before and still do something different with it like that noodly diddly 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 that they do at the top of this song becomes something different like by the time that they get to that chorus it's like oh shit this is this is new. These guys, legends. There it is. Truly, truly legends. Now we have made it to the Hollywood songs. I'm very excited to talk about these. The first in the the Hollywood duo is old school Hollywood.
<laughs> hey, man, don't you touch my belt. Uh, this is another song where it is it is about a real event about uh, Darren played in a in a in a charity baseball game, celebrity baseball game. Tony Danza and Frankie Avalon were actually there, and this uh, this one is is a weird one. It seems like it is. You know, it seems like it is both acknowledging, I mean, he talks about old school Hollywood, washed up Hollywood, but I don't feel that it's necessarily looking down on them is more just acknowledging what the town will do to you. Because as anyone will tell you, everybody one day is going to wake up and go, shit, I'm washed. Wait, what happened? How did I end up washed? I was the hottest thing around. Everybody gets washed. It happens. Uh, So this one I wasn't a huge fan of initially when this album came out. I'm a little, I'm warm to it a little bit, but it is, it is still, it is a very silly song. And that, that keyboard on it, played by Serge, is, is a little, is, is a little weird to my ears even now. But it's not a bad song, but it is a it a little it is a little weird. But it makes sense sequencing wise. You wouldn't put this any earlier in the album. Jenny, what did you think of this one? I agree with you. It it definitely wasn't my fave, but it, there's really not a lot that this band could do that I would just outright reject. So I definitely felt uh, Darren here. Um, I'll say that. But I thought it was all right. Matt, what did you think of this one? Oh, this song is ridiculous. It's not one of my favorites on the record, but for what it is, it, it works. I remember listening to it quite a bit because it's it's just a goof. Having to look up who Jack Gallardi was, which if you didn't know, Jack Gallardi was a longtime agent in Hollywood. His wife was Annette Fernicello, which is why you have the um, line of Frankie Avalon because Annette and Frankie were in a ton of movies together, so... And it would very much be, I would think those would be the beach movies of the 60s. So it would definitely be old Hollywood if he's writing this song in 2004. I got to say, those beach movies, I remember as a kid growing up, we had the Disney Channel. But I also feel like just, I feel like those movies I saw a decent amount. And now I feel like they are lost to time. Like, I don't know where you would find any of those movies like who's showing beach blanket bingo yeah right now i mean yeah just completely gone unless jenny you're about to tell us that you got a whole collection in your house no i don't know if i've ever seen any of those movies you can watch it on prime that is true oh okay you know what that prime that prime library they got some gems in there deep it's cuts some, some deep cuts weird uh, shit in the prime library i go to the oh. weirdest corners of the prime library i feel like uh, what yeah i can never predict what movies you watch jenny what's a weird thing you've watched lately i don't know if i've watched anything weird lately i did watch a documentary on prime this weekend called in bright axiom which was a terrible documentary in terms of reporting what the fuck is going on? But it was about this, um, basically like this performance 
our startup collective called the Latitude Society in San Francisco. This documentary made it seem like it was some like crazy thing, but it was basically like a performing arts community startup thing that just sort of like went sideways. Cause I, I looked it up after cause Mitch and I were like, what, what the fuck was that actually about? Uh, it was pretty interesting, but it's more interesting. There's like a vice article from like 2015 that talks about it, that like lays it all out there. Uh, but that I watched, it's not weird though. I watched a New York Christmas wedding, which was insane. It's a Netflix movie. Um, if you are a fan of movies that like are truly bizarre, (laughs) I would suggest watching it, but yeah, let me know if anybody else needs weird movies. Okay. Also, you know what? I, uh, I did, I did mention up top that I did have a physical copy of this album and it is, it has, uh, a person's face on the cover with a clock on their head. The, uh, was it called a metronome? What's the thing that swings down at the bottom of if a clock? It, a pendulum? A pendulum. A pendulum. That's it. A metronome keeps time in music. That's right. Thank you. Listen, I don't know how to play a single instrument anymore. I haven't played a trombone since 1999. So I'm no good for you there. Uh, but in the liner notes, they all do some thank yous. And I found a couple interesting thank yous. For Serge, these are his thank yous. All living and non-living beings that inspire. Thank you. Darren has a quote. In your world, you can take a pen and write on a piece of paper and destroy 200,000 people or more. And it's okay because you don't have to see it. Hmm. Heavy quote. Who's that from? Oh, Charles Manson. Charles Manson? No, no, I'm sorry. Not Charles Manson. Charles Manson. Who? Wait. Wait, hold on. Charles? Charles Manson? Are you not aware of your namesake? Oh, boy. Oh, wait a minute. Buddy, oh, no. don't Google Ch- it. Ch- Ch- Charles, don't don't Google it. Don't. Wait. How did, you, how did you pick your stage name, Charles? My... Uh... Charles Manson. Wait, so you just heard something. You, you must, you heard a news story. Yeah, the people were talking about, they, they were saying, oh man, that guy's crazy. And I'd never heard of anything before. And I was like, they're talking about Charles Manson. I can be crazy. Charles Manson. Oh, oh my God. And oh. like, if I, my name was Charles, I'd want to live in a mansion. So there it is. Wait, oh, what's your wait. name? It's not Charles. Yeah, what's your real name, Charles? Oh, no. Okay, you don't have to tell us he's crying. It, oh, don't <laughs> cry. Don't cry. Is it that bad? Deepak Chopra. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait. Hold on. Are you telling us that you are Deepak Chopra or that... your parent- my name. Oh. Oh. You're not the Deepak Chopra. You're just a a 15. (laughs) Oh, no. Charles, you need to go back to bed. This is is too much. This is is too much. All right. Oh, boy. You're Uh, you're going to fuck you up, buddy. You need to go to sleep. This is no good. Oh, no. Uh, Okay. Well, 
<sighs> on that note, we've only got one song left. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's true. The final song on this record is Lost in Hollywood. coming but i think it's like three quarters of the way through the song yeah it goes into it i gotta say i think it might just be a thing like if if we were to form a band get big and move out to la we would eventually have to make the la song the la song the song where you're just like do you know what it's like out here fakes and phonies all over the place i'm just gonna say we made it and we're surrounded by these desperate, sick of fans. <sighs> these people just, they just leeches. They just, they, they, they smell blood in the water and they're just on you. It's nuts. Yeah. I, I gotta say, uh, I did go to songmeetings.com for this and it, it seems that perhaps this is partially about Darren growing up in L.A., as well and a lot of things that he saw as he was growing up you should have never gone to hollywood shouldn't have gone no shouldn't have gone should have stayed at redondo beach there you go uh this one you know it works as a closer not my favorite i'm uh you know it is that thing where you do hit a point in your life where you're like i get it Hollywood's full of fakes and phonies. I've heard. I've heard. Words out. It's not genies out of the bottle on that one, baby. And uh, and also I gotta say, it is it is funny. You know, it's like um you guys seen the movie Walk Hard? Yes. No. Okay. Jenny has not seen it. Walk Hard is such a scathing indictment of the rock biopic. That after you watch it, you go, how could they ever make another one? How could they ever make another straight-faced biopic? And yet, 
They continue to make them to this day. Bohemian Rhapsody was a huge hit, <laughs> yeah. even though that movie is a huge fucking joke. And 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 literally everything in it was made fun of in Walk Hard. But people continue to make it. And then there's a song by Local Age you called You Don't Cal- Want Any of This Shit, Dickie. <laughs> yes, you don't want none of this. I mean, wrong kid died. We've been saying for years. And, uh, and so, yeah, in 2004, Local H made a song called California Songs. And it was literally like, please no more California songs and fuck New York too. And I remember hearing that song and being like, boy, that's a nail in the coffin right there. But Local H, not a huge band. Walk Hard, not a huge movie. So it's this thing of like, we know this shit's done, but they're going to be making California songs. And they're going to be making these biopics until the day we fucking die. Yeah. Yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody. (laughs) Oh, what a fucking piece of <laughs> shit. What a trash Oscar, bro. <laughs> I gotta say, I don't know what it... First of all, I think Rami Malek is a great actor, but... Yeah? Not in this, but in general, like, I, I think he's... Maybe not great, but I would say he's a good actor. He's a fine actor. You know what? Capable. Capable. Put me in a Queen biopic. You're going to be like, what? <laughs> Who's this person? But he did well, not. first and foremost, get, put, put, yeah. put something in front of your teeth and never have it quite work. No, that's what I was going to say. He never did get command of those teeth. Never did. The, those teeth are leading tough. him through every scene. Also, I love the way songs are written in that movie. <laughs> oh. oh. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> Oh, you know, I just have an idea. Doom, 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 ding, ding. I think my favorite part was when they were talking about how one song was written and Freddie Mercury went around and said, well, you wrote that one part, great job, and you wrote that other part. And it's like, oh, is this just about making sure everybody gets credit? Yes. And, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Right, like, Freddie's not here, so let's just write what Freddie should have said. Oh, man. What... Oh, just, I'm just... so glad you're here, bandmates. <sighs> Although boy. I will say, if you've seen the Eagles documentary, which if you've not seen, fucking watch the Eagles documentary. It's two parts. It's woefully long. But... There's so many parts where Glenn Fry basically Hollywoodizes every Eagles song, where he's just sitting there and uh, <laughs> like he'll tell a story. It was just like, um, you know what, man? I guess that's just life in the fast lane. <laughs> you know? You this love is to selling see me it. on this movie. You love to oh. hear it. Oh, or oh. he, he tells this one where he's, he's like, "So I was at the bar." And I saw this couple fighting, and I could tell she was lying to him by the look in her eyes. And that's where I came up with lying eyes. It is a really good documentary. It really is. is. I I have heard that it's a great documentary. As I've gone on the record, I hate the Eagles more than... Oh, hating a lot of the things. Eagles is a prerequisite. Yeah, I, that's what I've heard. That's that's what I've heard. Like, if you hate the Eagles, like I say, if you love the Eagles, see the Eagles doc. If you hate the Eagles, definitely see the Eagles doc. So I'm aware, but it is still one of those things where it's like, do I want to devote four hours to a band I do not like? That is, you're gonna go I, through the first we, two, 
and you're going to be like, oh, I got to see how this happens. Well, it, yeah. that being I said, also I did want to say, oh. Lauren. <laughs> yes. yes. Do you want to devote four hours to a band you don't like? Do you know what we've been doing for the past like five <laughs> years? <laughs> you're sunk. You're sunk. <laughs> Touche. I, you know what? You wake up one day and you washed. Today was the day for me. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I just washed you there, bud. Um, you just washed me. Hey, you know what? I watched that whole Garth Brooks documentary, and that I don't like anything by that guy. And that was a hoot and a half. So wow, wow, wow. Uh, Garth um, is a man of the people. We. And I guess that was just one of those nights. God. Oh. <laughs> I feel really like I'm gonna. That bad too. I feel it's like so I'm gonna funny. like. Oh man, that that makes my blood boil every single time you do that. Ah, uh, well, back to System of a Down. That's the album. That is Mesmerize, and uh, now it's the part of the show where we talk about canon talk. Talk about the canon. Jenny, we'll start with you. Thoughts on Mesmerize? I thought this was a great record. I definitely tales all this time on this show. I was a dick about it when it came out. I was wrong. <laughs> this is really, really good. And it's on me that I haven't listened to it until now. I think it's fantastic. I'd put the whole thing in. Lauren, what do you think? This album crushes this band. Hadn't lost a step. And they feel as vital here as they did on Toxicity. Uh, a lot of bands this deep into the career, it's like, well, you know, it's okay. It's no blank record. But this thing... Is just is just Ripper City. I think the two Hollywood songs at the end not as strong, but they aren't like detrimental to the record. And you know what? I say put the whole thing in the canon because these guys, legends, legends. Uh, Matt, these guys, legends. I think there is some cracks starting to form, having a lot more Darren singing. But they are still very much pulling it off. It is very exciting. They're kind of like their own thing. So that's not it's new, but it's also something else. But I mean, why wouldn't we want to put this in the canon? <laughs> I I know what you mean, Matt, because it, it the genre tag is new metal, but you could argue that the genre of this album is system of a down. <laughs> Correct. I agree with that. That's that is kind of the thing that I often wonder about with System of a Down is like is it just when this was released because this is it's so linked to new metal but I don't know. It's definitely the genre of System of a Down. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh well there you have it. System of a Down once again in the canon, mesmerized, going all in. Welcome, welcome back, gentlemen. And that does bring us to the end of another episode of the Roach Coach Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Keep on saying hello to us online, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send us an email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Of course, coach with a K. We're back next week, and I think you know what it's going to be. But if you don't know, well, then you'll be surprised next week. And until then, Jenny, thank you. Lauren, thank you. 
Matt. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Merry Christmas.